Alrighty, folks. Another car cast. I'm almost home. This one will probably be very short. We're going to talk, we talk about before, but I think I'm going to frame it a little differently because I've been having a lot of discussions with uh, people. And it just seems like I don't. I, I, how can I put it? Well, first off, let's start with this. If you're an adult, start adulting better, all right? Sack up, man up, grow up, whatever you want to call it, please. You have to make a choice and stick with it. And by that, what do I mean? Well, let me go back. Let's, let's look at some statistics. Back in the day, you got married, you stayed in the marriage, right? For better, for worse, of death to us part, you sleep in separate bedrooms, whatever it was, but you made it work. Now everyone's just like, eh. I'm tired of Bobby. Susie's not taking care of my needs. And everything's all about me, 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 right? And yeah, you know, to a certain point, it has to be about you, right? Because if you're not invested in you, who is going to be? I get that. But I'm just so tired of the adults who won't adult. So if you're a manager of any kind, you probably deal with this on a regular basis. Because people are just ridiculous. And this is what I'm trying to get across, folks, is you need to be an adult. Excellence is a choice. That's really what we're talking about today. It doesn't matter if you're a manager, if you're a sales agent, if you're a life insurance producer, you know, even if you're a contractor, subcontracting. Excellence is a choice. You are known by what you produce. You will be known by your fruits. I think that's in the Bible, too, actually. I don't remember where, but I'm 99% sure that is. But, uh, you know, like I said, I grew up in church, so... You get references, you know, sorry if you're an atheist and I offend you, but you're just going to have to deal with who I am and pick your nuggets out. But, you know, excellence is a choice. If you don't put in the work, you won't have it. So what I've seen lately is a lot of people, you know, they're disenfranchised. They're, they're, they're not happy with their job. They don't like the changes that come, but they don't want to be the boss. And you really only have two choices, folks. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to do a set part two of this one, but... You really have two choices. Either you be the boss and pay the cost and reap the benefits, or you shut your mouth and deal with what you got to deal with. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's who did I see? Was it Ben Shapiro? No, it wasn't Ben Shapiro. I think it was Charlie Kirk. Somebody said, oh, well, if I work in the pencil factory, I should get part of the pencil factory because I'm creating. And it's like, did you put out any money? Did you take on any liability? Did you assist in the setting of the corporation? Uh, well, no. Well, then you don't own a piece. Now, if you want to cooperatively create a company like uh, Bud Fox had uh, the airline doing the first Wall Street movie, but all it means, go ahead. But don't call the owner, the person who puts it together, greedy because they get more money than you. That came in a discussion I had this week. The person's like, oh, well, such as this company just making more money. And, you know, they're, they're, they might give me more, but they don't care. It's just so they can make more money. And I'm like, well, the yeah, no one's working for free, folks. This is not a... You know, you work for a business where you're paid a commission or a salary to do something. You know, you are paid to perform. That is how it works. Now, if you want to open a nonprofit, by all means, go ahead. But you still got to do paperwork. You still have to achieve objectives. There are still metrics. It's not just like, eh, I make rainbows. No, you don't. I need you all to really just do what you're supposed to do. So we are going to make this a really short podcast and still do two parts because I need to park my car. How you like me now? Right back. So, folks, we're talking about adulting, right? By that, this is what I'm talking about. My basic premise today is that the average person wants to put out mediocre efforts to get bigger paychecks. So, let me give you some examples. I was talking to some of these, I guess they're millennials or Gen Xers or whatever they are now, the youngins. People are half, literally half my age. And, and it's, you know, they... 
They want to be paid double time or time and a half for a paid holiday. So you're getting paid to stay home. And I, you know, I'm, I see this all the time. It's like, it's, it's this, you know, it's, it's, I'm entitled. There is no entitlement. You do not deserve a thing, folks. The Constitution pres- per, per, preserves and offers, we're the only place, only place in the world like this, it's guarantees you have the pursuit of happiness and all the freedoms and all the things you want. You have the guaranteed pursuit. You still must put in the effort. You still must put forth some effort. You still have to get up and do the grind. And I've seen, you know, I've seen people during COVID, and they moved to Florida because they got all this extra money from New York because they're being paid to stay home, right? Basically bribes to let the system fail, I would say. You can disagree with me what you want, but uh, look at the results of what we have. And, you know, and I see that, you know, they're here in my state. I got here a few years before. That's the only difference. I just time things differently, folks. And they're like, oh, it's not right. And I'm going to get this job and ask for a raise. It's like, that job's not going to give you a raise. That job has a set salary that you will obtain. You get paid what you're worth. And most, you know, city, state jobs, you know, you're not going to get a raise just because you're good. You know, it's now, if you want to raise, folks, and I'm going to tell you, become a sales agent. Study some Grant Cardone, Andy, Andy Elliott, Andy for sales. Learn how to sell. If you learn that sell, if you can overcome objections, you can do anything. And for those of you who are like, oh, I hate sales, you ever asked a girl out, that was a sale. You want a job interview, you pitch yourself. That's a sale. You have to accept the reality, folks. You have to. There's, there's just no way around it. You know, you have to be excellent, right? If you want to make the biggest commissions, you have to make the biggest sales. Or you have to make a million sales, which is going to be harder. Well, it's, it's like, okay, so put it this way. Do you want to hit a home run or do you want to get on base and run 50 times? I'd rather hit a home run. It's over the fence. I'm going to walk around in bases. I'm going to be a straight schmuck and just saunter. Right, I'm going to saucily saunter. We're going to go with our alliteration again today. But no, seriously, folks, it's it's you know it's like I think I saw something. I showed my son two different cars from Fast Furious, right? And I was like, this car costs sixty grand. This one's two fifty. So you sell one time to one person a really expensive car, which costs a lot of money, buddy, like all the money in your piggy bank, or you got to get four people to buy four cars. I was like, which one do you want to do, buddy? You're gonna get the same prize at the end. He's like, I want to sell once. Now, me as a father, like, that's awesome. Because he's picking the easier route. Now, is it necessarily easier? No, it's not, because you got to close one really big sale. And that's not always easier. But you only got to do it once. Because to sell those four cars, you're still going to prospect to, like, 50 people. You know, it, it's, it's, it's picking your poison, basically, is what it is. But I'm trying to get him to understand how money and sales works at the age of six... Because if he can grasp even a piece of what I'm saying, he's going to be positioned perfectly to just crush the market. And that's my job is to make sure that he is, you know, a monster among men, shall we say, for lack of a better term. I need to make him the best he can be. And yeah, folks, I'd rather he be a monster. You know why? I'd rather he was the monster. Because you know what? Uh, <laughs> the monster's going to eat the prey. I'd rather he's a wolf than a sheep. Now, if he's a sheepdog, that's by all means the goal, but I'm not raising no weak, no weak men over here, folks. I'm not doing it. They need to be able to defend, conquer. Listen to my podcast, Kill, Conquer, Destroy. Listen to my podcast, Burn Bridges, Move Faster. There's a place and time for everything, of course, but you got to make moves, folks. There's just there's no need for this appalling lack I see in humanity. People, you know, 40 and under for the most part, where it's just like, eh. It's not fair. It's not fair. Everyone's complaining. 
instead of doing it. You know what? I'll be honest. For a while, I was I was I was feeling like one of those people too. And then I was thinking about. It, I was like, you know what? I said I'm sitting here, and instead of doing my hundred ten percent best like I could, I was doing like ninety, and I was like, ugh. And that's not right because I know if I, I know if I focus, I can get almost anything done, folks. Now I'm not a nuclear physicist, but I know my lane, so I'm gonna stay in it, right? You know, why do you think I do the podcast? I like to run my mouth. <laughs> I'm good with words. You know, it's, it's a skill I have. I used to write. Now I still write, but my main focus is my podcast right now. I need to podcast. The goal is two a week. We don't fell to a slow start. We got to finish our first guest podcast with my guy from Instagram. But you know, it's, there's just so much going on, folks, and it's like life is it's uh, it's, it's crushing sometimes. I feel like, but you have a choice. Even if you don't want to be excellent, you're not going to be a 5-5, five five, right? You're not going to be a 10 out of 10, you know? You're not going to hit a grand slam every day. But sometimes just getting on bases has to be good enough. You know, it's this is the thing, folks. You got, you got to know who you are. You have to know who you are. What are you capable of? And then chase that with excellence. If you're a physicist, but you can't play basketball, stop trying to dunk the ball, bro. Go back to the lab and be excellent. It's your work ethic that's going to get you there more than anything else. But your work ethic is going to be a close second behind your mindset. If you're already determined that you cannot do something, then you cannot do something, folks. It's literally that, like, I don't even have to say it more eloquently because it doesn't, it doesn't behoove me to do it first off, and it's not going to help you at all. There's literally about a trillion people out here, it feels like, that just don't want to work. And I don't understand why. What are you gaining? Because here's the thing. We talked about this before, too, right? Negative thoughts are going to bring more negativity. And when you talk down about, this is the worst, I can't sell that, that can't be sold, or I don't think this is good. You're teaching your brain, you're programming yourself. It's like the guy who comes home and has a drink every day because he's stressed at work. Yeah, is a drink helping him knock the edge off? In theory, yeah, but he's also training himself to have a drink every day. You know, you are what you're training yourself to be. I mean, excellence will become a habit if you work at it. 10,000 hours, you know what I mean? Just do the same thing. What's the saying? It's a... I fear not the man who knows 10,000 kicks, but the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. Do that, folks. Aim for excellence. There's nothing else to say anymore. I mean, it's... We'll get a really big podcast later on in the week, but... I just wanted to vent today, I guess, and let you all hear it, because I think a lot of you know what I'm talking about. And if you're managing those people, be very smart. I talked about two of my podcasts. I was talking about firing people fast. Sometimes you can't... You know, you, you can lead a horse to water. You cannot make it drink. And you need to be aware of that too, folks. You're not going to be able to get. Put it this way, you know, you can have an agent on your team that's, you know, they're they're subpar to average, and that's okay because they're always on time, right? And they're getting their average. You know, they're getting on base. That's okay. Give them the attention they need. But those are the things. Your your worst performance for managers. Here's the thing. Your worst performance is the most of your time. Your highest performance is the least, but they still need time. They still need tune-ups. I had a meeting the other day with my agents. They're like, am I in trouble? I was like, no, why? And they were like, well, you haven't really been with me. I said, I'm sorry. I had a lot of new people. I'm coaching. I got to try and get them where they're at. And for the most part, you've been self-set. But I want to make sure you know that you have my attention, that I'm not ignoring you or taking you for granted. And they were like, no, okay. Two of them were like, can I just go back on the phones? Because I, I need to sell. I need to take these numbers. And I was like, yeah, sure. It's, this is your time. Another one, you know, we talked about numbers. We talked about statistics for where he's been for the last couple of years he's been with the company. It's interesting, you know, everyone, everyone's different. And that's another tip I can give you managers. You can't coach everyone the same. I got some agents to my team probably about three months ago, four months ago. 
and two of them were like, same thing, am I in trouble? I said, no. Like, I said, we're not going to talk about your numbers today. I said, there's no point. They're like, what do you mean? We're not going to do anything normal? I was like, well, that's normal to you. But I was like, to me, it's like, I need to get to kind of know you. Like, what are your goals? Where you been? What do you think of your journey in this company? You know, what's, uh, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, it's the thing. If your agent can be a constant average performer, you know, like average to mid, let's say, because you, you don't want a bunch of average, right? Because that's not going to get you much. But, you know, if they can get on base every time they come in, you know, put it way, if they can get a good amount of sales every day. And, you know, this is just their part-time job while they, you know, chase their dream of becoming a zoologist or whatever it is. But they're doing their numbers and they're on time. Let them be who they are. That's it. Just make sure they're doing their, their job. Because the other part, when you're not aiming for excellence, you know what was a byproduct of that too, which I've learned, is that your mediocrity can spread like a virus. Because if you're mediocre, mediocre your team's been mediocre. And that can apply to your marriage. It can apply to your parenting. Heck, it can apply to your poker game on Wednesday with Sally and Bobby and their brothers. You know, it's it's just, you know, get better at adulting. You know, I, I deal with people all day in various forms. When I'm at work and I'm off work, you know, trying to build my business. Money. It's, I'm just alarmed that so many people just don't want to put in the time. They don't want to put in the work. And it's, like I said, I, I was falling on the trap and I caught it. And I'm just trying to remind you all today that don't aim for average. Don't. You know, be be excessive. Aim for excellence. I was trying to look for another E word so we can get our alliteration today, but it's not working. But it's it's really simple, folks. I don't I don't have anything deep for you to tell you today. It's just you need to put in the work. Just aim higher. Like, you know, it's through my eighth grade yearbook, it was either me or one of my peers. We put something like shoot for the moon, even if you measure among the stars. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, right? You know, it's you know, if you're making fifty grand, how do you make eighty grand next year? And then from the eighty, how do you get to the hundred? You need to you need to ante up. You know, this year I had one of the craziest years of my life as an adult. It's I was forced to stretch and plan, and I was able to pay off ninety nine percent of my debt. I mean, things were fantastic and horrible all at once. I mean, I could tell you stories, but you know, it's life's going to come at you hard. But if you're aiming for excellence, I can tell you this should be more well-prepared because instead of just trying to hope you can get on base, you're used to getting on base because you get on base and you get home runs. You maybe even had a grand slam or two. So now that you know you can do it, it's better. I saw one of my agents the other day. I said, see, I said, you hit five of those, that one specific sale we needed right today, right? So now you know you can do it, right? It feels easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. She's like, I, I never knew I could do this. I was like, I told you you could do it. I said, there was never a question whether you could or couldn't. It's a matter of how are we going to get it out of you. Because the customer service is there. That's 99% of the job. It's, you know, a little empathy, solve a problem or two. And I just see a lot of people, especially in sales, they get in their own way. And I, I've done it myself in insurance sales. You just, you know, it's, you, you, you don't get the sale or like, um, I forgot what you call it. It's, it's not a rebating, but um, ugh, there's a word for it technically. But basically, in, in a, like life insurance sales, if I sell you the plan, right, the company, generally speaking, will pay me the commission up front for what it'd be for the whole 12 months. But you've only paid out the first payment probably or a piece of the first payment so if i'm supposed to get two let's say the plan is going to be costing you let's say 100 dollars a month right so dollars a year my commission is 200 dollars. i get two i get like about 125 up front and about three months in i get to the 35 just to paint a picture for you now exactly how every company works do your own research but so if i get the 125 right and then you call in like 20 days later and you're like you know cancels i can't afford this crap i owe that money back to the company or at least a prorated amount of that money because 
I didn't close the sale. Now, I sold it, but I didn't close it. Because one thing I can tell you is you want to avoid cancels, folks. Whatever you're selling, you don't want any buyer's remorse. And this is why. Let's say you're chasing your numbers, right? And you're selling widgets. I just sold my millionth widget, a dollar a million widget. Cost me 30 cents a widget. I've got $700,000 in profit. Well, before other costs, but you get the point, right? Let's keep it simple. And now 50,000 people, no better, 500,000 people want their money back. Now you got to pay. Not pay, but you got to return their money. Now you got product you got to move all over again. You already paid for it. Now, in theory, you know, if you're good, it's not, it's a hiccup, but imagine 50% of your sales crashed. So here's the better thing. Instead of going for three sales, aim for five. And if you get a cancel, you still have four. You see that mentality works? That's, that's how you do it. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He was building his dream, buying properties and stuff like that and working at Xerox selling copiers. And at first he hated it, but he's like, I get better at it. I need to make more money. At one point, he's probably like number one salesman in his location. Probably doing, you know, 80 grand a year, something like that. And this is back in the 80s. So that's, you know, 80 grand now would make me very comfortable. And back then it was like, you know, pff, who knows? Ridiculous. You know, 40 years ago. And he bought a Porsche and all his coworkers thought he was nuts. They're like, how are you buying a Porsche? That's, you know, even with your checks you're bringing, it's not smart. Well, <clears throat> the problem was that the assets he was buying were paying for the Porsche. And the more he had more assets, the more money he had, the more he wanted to sell more copiers. Because they went hand in hand. The success was built off each other and built with each other. My point is that, is that if you aim for excellence, that's what's going to happen. And you know what's one of the little uh, side, little to the pocket deals you're going to get out of that too? That's really cool. Is that as you become more and more excellent, it's going to bleed into other parts of your life. Let me break this way. So you brush your teeth just right, right? Now you got that pretty smile. Girl likes your smile. Minty toothbrush, you get the kiss. Right? Everyone thinks, wow, he's really pretty. He should be in commercials. Now you got a modeling deal. Girl comes with you, moves to another state. So got that same toothpaste with you. I'm being a little foolish, but you see what I'm saying? Like, everything will bleed in. You'll set a better example for your kids. You're going to have more peace in your life because you're achieving something. When you're just put putting along, making your money, and trying to cherry pick, and I can do this, or I'll do that, and then when things change, it's going to be very hard for you. But if you're already trying to be where the puck's going, instead of trying to put the puck just, yeah, you're going to make it, folks. You're going to make it. This is why you ever watch sports and other other maneuvers like um people in and um armies and whatnot you have to practice your techniques you have to know why because then when it comes to it you know where it's at and this is another reason why we actually i'm gonna leave you with this here is that i heard this uh not recently but in the last let's say two to three months and it broadsided me so the guy said you don't rise to the occasion you drop to the level of your training so basically that means that if I'm some kind of weekend warrior and somebody comes to try to rob my family, I'm not going to pull out some dad miracle with my uh, karambit and just cut all the bad guys to pieces and just win the war. I'm likely going to get taken away from the stab if I'm not practicing. Now, I don't have a knife dummy, but I can practice stuff. I can do drills. There's a guy I follow, I think it's the 30th parallel on Instagram. And he's just sitting there, he's running drills, pulling, you know, firing with his long gun, pulling the gun off from the sweater, having a neck knife, how to pull it out and then practice some dummies. And he'll do it on like a hanging shirt. Thanksgiving, he put a video. He was uh, pick, um, he picked his uh, picked his handcuffs behind his back, and people were like, "Oh, of course, you couldn't even see you. So we know what you're doing. It's too easy." He's like, "Okay." Next week he filmed, he turned his back to us, and we watched him pick. It took a few minutes, but he picked his handcuffs, folks. Most of you don't even understand the rudimentary function of locks in general. 
Now you're not even safe, which I've talked about before, right? In my lockpicking episodes. Yeah, so a lot of shameless plugs today. Deal with it. But folks, aim for excellence. I'm telling you, this is the thing, because in the aim for excellence, you're going to take more swings. You're going to use to get your your body's going to get how do you call it? You're going to get the muscle memory. You're going to build the confidence. You're going to know what you're doing. You're going to have like a sixth sense. If you're in sales, you know how to handle objections. If you're in sports, you're going to be able to put the ball where you want it and be where it's going to win. You're going to get a feel for it. It's almost like watching the highlight reel of the, of the other team. Like, okay, you know, number 32 always zigs left. And if he does that, he pats the ball first. You know, defensive lineman, every time he does this, he tucks his towel in a certain way because his goal is this. What does that mean? He's going for the quarterbacks. He wants to get his bonus. It's like a poker. Everyone has a tell. My question is, do you know your tell? Have a good one, folks. Changeinadvance.com. Changeinadvance on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter and YouTube. Uh, Like I said, TonyChangeInadvance.com. Hit me up. Let's talk. Peace.